Today we are week two of our sermon series entitled Walk, and I think this sermon falls uh, in place with what we just finished doing. After worship, we had a time of communion where we remembered what the Lord did for us by means of his sacrifice on the cross. It's a time of intimacy, a time of fellowship, a time of being together with the Lord. And last Sunday, we talked about how Adam walked with God and how that journey came about. But today we're going to talk about another Bible character in the Old Testament who also walked with God. And for that, I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter number 5, verses 21 through and including 23. And it reads like this. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God three hundred years just think about that he walked with god three hundred not three minutes three hundred years and had sons and daughters so all together enoch lived 365 years that's insane when you think about it so the question I ask myself is this, what was so profound about Enoch for God to take him to heaven? For God to take him. As a matter of fact, another version says that he did not see death because God took him up. What did Enoch have that qualified him to be caught up and taken to God's presence? What's profound about him? When all the Bible tells us is he walked with God. So the question is, is there such a thing as there being power and depth in walking with God? With God, The Bible, listen church, the Bible doesn't describe that Enoch had any special powers. The Bible doesn't say he stopped the sun like Joshua did. The Bible doesn't say he fought the Philistines like Samson did. The Bible doesn't say that with a little rock he killed a giant like David did. The Bible doesn't say nothing supernatural. Doesn't describe any powers. Doesn't describe any gift that Enoch may have had. All the Bible tells us is the following. Listen to me church. All the Bible says was Enoch had a son by the name of Methuselah. All the Bible tells us is that Enoch at the age of 65 had a son and that Enoch had sons and daughters and that for 300 years Enoch walked with God. That's all the Bible tells us. So what's the greatness? What qualified Enoch for God to say of all the men living in the world, I'm going to take Enoch with me. He lived a normal life. He was a father. Because he had a son and he had sons and daughters. Which tells me he was a husband. Because he must have had a wife if he had kids. And these are the three things that Enoch, the Bible tells us, that Enoch had. He was a father. He was a husband. And he walked with God. No powers. No anointing. Sometimes we get so caught up in being a man of God... By having these things, but Enoch had none of the things that we sometimes feel that we need to have to be men of God. He had none of that. He was just a good father. Listen, listen, listen. A godly life can be demonstrated by being a good father. He was a good father. <laughs> what was special about Enoch, you know what it was? Was that he could take what was 
normal, the normal things of life and honor God in the normal things of life. Sometimes we feel that, you know, we, we almost become pharisaic that the bigger we do and the greater things we do. And, but listen, it's as simple as being faithful even in the simple little things of life. He walked his life in such reverence that the Bible says he didn't taste death. The only thing the Bible says about Enoch was that he walked with God. Simple, right? But powerful. And this is what Christianity is. Christianity is designed to be simple because the hard part, Jesus paid it. The hard part, Jesus did. And so he invites us to walk with him. Let me tell you my point today. My first point is there, there's depth in the simplicity of, a, of living a godly life. I'm going to say it again. There's depth, there's deepness in the simplicity of living a godly life life and i feel that if we as a church we endeavor to live life from that perspective and from that starting point man our lives will be better we'll spend less time trying to compete with our neighbor we'll we'll, we'll, we'll spend less time trying to impress everybody else when at the end of the day it is the simple things of life that have deep meanings and deep truth enoch did not know that god was going to take him he just simply walked with him Enoch did not walk with God thinking, I'm going to get caught up. I'm going to get caught up. He's going to take me. I'm gonna... No, no, no. He was more desiring to be with God. His desire wasn't, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, put me in a position. No, that wasn't his goal. His goal is, I just want to know him. I just want to love him. I just want to be with him. I, I want to be more and more enamored with him. And every day, three, you know what's that? 300 years. He walked with God. He walked with God. The Bible doesn't say God walked with Enoch. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. He was in a he was in a pursuit of searching, seeking, and pursuing God. And I like the fact that it says that he walked with God, because this right here is what I call what we call in grammar. The definitive article here is that he walked with God, which implies if he walked with God, that implies. That Enoch had choices. What choices could he have? He could he could have chose not to walk with God. That was that was a choice. He could have chose with somebody else. That was another choice. He could have chosen to not walk at all. Enoch had choices. However, for three hundred years he made it his business to walk with God. Listen to me, church. You and I. We must be in pursuit of God every single day of our lives. It's interesting. Listen to me. When I look at the characters in the Old Testament, in comparison to the characters of the New Testament, the characters in the Old Testament, they lived 100 years, 300 years, 900 years. When you look at the characters in the New Testament, they lived 50, they lived 60, they lived 30. Jesus lived 33 years. So, the power of your walk is not based on longevity. The power of your walk is based on who you're walking with, church. 
And so this is why it's important. If you want to grow and you want to be like Enoch and you want to live a life that God and you can be so intrinsically connected that the world can't see the difference between one and the other, then this is what you got to choose. You got to choose every single day of your life. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk with my creator. Every day I wake up and every day I go to sleep and everything I do and everything I do in between and every decision I make and whatever I think about, I'm going to add God in the equation of my life because I want to walk with God. Look what the psalmist tells us in Psalms chapter number 37 and 23. Because if you and I are righteous, which we are righteous by Christ, Look what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that the steps of a good man, the New King James Version says that the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways. If you decide to walk with God, you and I need to allow him to order my steps. It's like when my daughter was young. When daughter learned how to walk, I was ordering her steps. I would grab her by her, her little hands and I would direct her where she ought to go. Because she didn't know that if she kept on walking, she would have hit a piece of furniture. I needed to order her steps because I knew where she needed to go. I knew the way she needed to walk. And in this journey, my friend and church, you don't tell God where to go. You need to submit to the will of God and let God order your steps. And when you allow God to order your steps, you honor God. Enoch, the Bible says, he walked with God. In other words, Enoch, honored God for 300 years. Second point is the greatest weapon you have is not casting out devils. The greatest weapon you have, you know what it is? The capacity to keep on walking. The ability to move forward. When God commanded the people of Israel to conquer Jericho, listen to me, you know what he gave? You know what he told them? He gave them instructions. And the instructions he gave the people of Israel was, Joshua, tell the people to walk around the walls. And for six days, they would wake up and they would walk around the walls of Jericho. They weren't preaching. They weren't casting out devils. They wasn't prophesying. Fire wasn't falling from heaven. Every single morning, they would wake up the army of Israel and they would just march around the walls. For six days, what did that do? That created a game, a, 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 a mental game in the mind of the people of Jericho because all they heard in the morning was footsteps grounding in the morning, early in the morning, and that began to send the message, something is coming, something is coming. And for six days, every day, that's what they did. On the seventh day, they walked around the city seven times. What does the Bible says? That on the seventh turn or the seventh walk, all of a sudden, they began to cry out to God, and the walls of Jericho fell flat. Listen, there are some walls that will only fall flat the moment you endeavor to walk with God. There are some things that the only way they're going to crumble is if you make it your business to make God your companion in your walk, the companion in your journey. And when God is by your side, he will order your steps, he'll give you victory, and you will see the power of God in the land of the living church. So you got to walk with God. But understand that that is your greatest weapon. Your greatest weapon is to keep walking. I told you last week, God kept walking after the fall. 
Not that God fell after the Adamic fall. Adam kept on walking after his fall. Eve kept on walking after the fall. The only one that stopped walking was a serpent. And this is what the devil wants to do. He wants to keep you stuck. He don't want you to keep on walking because your walk, your capacity to walk is a weapon in this thing called the walk of life. So he is calling you today to walk. And the apostle Paul, he admonishes us today. He admonishes the church to do the same. Every time I ask somebody, hey, what's your favorite book in the chapter of the, of the book of Ephesians? Everybody says, Ephesians 6. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Principalities, powers, powers, present, all this stuff. And we have the sword and the shield and the girding our loins and, and, and the breastplate and the helmet and, and, the, and the sword of the spirit. And we, we all know about that. But let me show you, the power of this warfare is directly connected to walking. To walking. We love this verse, these verses because it implies fighting and it implies winning. But the victory of winning the fight in chapter 6 is directly connected to chapter 5. And what does chapter 5 tells us? The five, Chapter 5 tells us to walk. Before I fight, I got to walk. Before I use a sword, I got to walk. Before I put on the shield, I got to walk. Before I put on the breastplate, I got to walk. Before I put on the helmet, I got to walk. Before I gird my loins with the truth, I got to walk. And where do I walk? Look what Paul tells us. In chapter 5, which is the verse, the chapter before chapter 6, in chapter 5, he tells us, number one, walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ loved us, and he gave himself up for us as a fragrant, fragrant, sacrificial offering to God. What he tells us, walk in love. Now, why is that important? Because if you don't walk in love and you put on the armor of God, you're going to hurt people. If you don't walk in love and you put on the sword of the, the sword of spirit and you start cutting people with no love and you start putting the shield and you start blocking people out of your life with no love. He said, no, no, before you put on the weapons, you need to walk in love so that you can understand that this is not about flesh and blood. This, I'm not fighting my neighbor. I'm not fighting my sister. I'm not fighting my brother. And so love gives me the capacity to be able to take every step understanding that I'm not here to kill my brother. I'm not here to kill my sister. If there's somebody we got to fight, it's the demons, the power, the principalities. But the only way I can decipher one from the other is if I'm in proximity with God, understanding God has a plan for my life, and I'm walking in love because when I walk in love, I love what God loves. And what God loves his people church so I gotta walk in love but then he tells us verses 8 through 9 not only do I have to walk in love he says walk in light which is nothing else other than in knowledge he says for you were once in darkness that word darkness is ignorance for you were once in darkness but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light. So I have to walk in love. I have to walk in light, in knowledge. And lastly, in verses verse 15 of chapter 5 of Ephesians, he tells us also that I need to walk in wisdom. He says, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, doing what? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
So what is God telling us? If I'm going to walk this walk with God, then I need to walk in light. I need to walk in light, in love, and in knowledge. And when I take all those three components and I sojourn with God in this journey, then now I can put on the whole armor of God. Then now I can put on the weapons to fight. Then now I can combat the enemy because I'm not going to do this to hurt, offend, and distort my fellow man. I'm going to do this to fight the enemy. And when we walk with God, listen, when we walk with God, there's no way in the world that you're walking with God and you're not growing in love. Every time you walk with God, you grow in love. Every time you walk with God, you grow in knowledge. Every time you walk with God, you grow in wisdom. And this is how, this is why it's important that your walk is so intrinsically connected with God. Because it, listen, it's impossible to you to walk with God and hate your brother. It's impossible for you to walk with God and still be ignorant to some things. It is impossible for you to walk with God and not grow in knowledge and in wisdom. The more you walk with God, the more you grow in love, you grow in knowledge, and you grow in wisdom church so that then we could put on the whole armor of God so you and I church we need to walk with God this is not a race y'all this is not a sprint y'all this is a walkathon in a walkathon everybody gets a trophy in a race first place second place third place everybody else well next time God is saying first of all you're not here to compete with nobody you walk your walk. You walk at your pace. Some of us got longer legs than others. Some of us walk faster than others. Some of us walk with other, other devices. But I'm here to tell you, regardless of your walk, as long as you're still walking, you should walk your life in a way that honors God, that honors people, and that brings glory to the name of God. This is important. You know why? Because when we understand the importance of walking at our pace, we lose and we remove all of the baggage of competition and we remove all these things of trying to be better and trying to be faster and trying to be the first and trying to be the, 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 the best and just try to get notoriety. When you understand that God doesn't care who makes it first or last, what he cares is that you make it. What he cares is that you stay along with him. What he cares is that you do not disconnect with him in this journey called the walk of God. So how do I walk with God? How do I walk with God? How do I do it? How do I do it? Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16, he says, walk in the spirit. I can't walk with God in the flesh. I can't walk with God in sin. Oh, you can. You can. Because the Bible says, you know, you know, this just falls seven times, seven times you raise him up. You can live life like that, but why not live life away from sin? Why not, why not live life in the spirit? Paul says, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Because once you start walking in the spirit, you know what's going to happen? You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And this is why some of us, we, we are always being overcome by sin and sin and sin and temptation and all these things that we're doing and we're trying to overcome. And listen, it is impossible that you're walking with God in the spirit and you continue to do it. Listen, it's impossible. The more I walk with God, the more I talk to God, the more I love God, 
the more I read his word, the more I study his the scripture, the more I spend time in prayer, the more I desire more of him and the less I desire the things of the world. And this is why you and I were being calling by God to walk with God. Perhaps you're not going to get caught up like Enoch did in Enoch in Genesis chapter 5. But you want to make sure that when the trumpet sounds and God raises the church, you can be caught up as well because you live the life of the spirit. And as a result, you did not fulfill and satisfy the desires of the flesh, church. God is calling us to walk with him in spirit, to walk in the spirit. I don't care what nobody says. Oh, you know, the grace, the grace is good, but the grace is not a get out of hell card. The grace is not, I can sin on Monday and go to church on Sunday. No, grace means because he did all he did for me, I'm going to make it my business to live a life that honors God. And every day of my life, I'm going to walk in thankfulness and gratefulness and gratitude for the sacrifice Jesus did for me. So as I close, let me talk about the power of simplicity. Don't ever define your ministerial success by the things you do. What did Paul tell us in 1 Corinthians 13? He said, if I speak in tongues in men and angels, if I have the faith to move mountains, but I don't have love and I can't walk in love, he said, I am a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. What is he saying by saying that? I'm noise. A resounding gong, clanging cymbal. If I don't walk in love, I'm nothing but noise. So he is calling us today to walk in the spirit. To understand that the power of this Christian walk is not exploits. It is the simplicity of every single morning you wake up, you're walking with God. You're walking with God. That you never stop walking. How am I going to walk? Well, you're going to walk in love. That's what Paul tells us in Galatians, right? Ephesians chapter 5, he tells us to walk in love. I'm going to walk in love. Why am I going to walk in love? The writer of 1 John, the Apostle John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, look what he tells us about the love of God. He says, beloved, let us love one another. Why? Because love comes from God. Listen to me. So as I walk with God, that love comes from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God of love is love. So if I'm walking with God, I should know who he is. And if I know who he is, I should be living out who he is in my life. So please don't tell me you love God and you don't love your neighbor. Because as you walk this thing called life, with God by your side. You know what's going to happen? You're going to learn to love. That's what the Bible says. The Bible tells the Pharisees and the, and the followers, love your enemies. How do how you want me to love my enemies? Ah, if you're walking with me, uh, you, I'll give you the capacity to love those that conspire against you. I'll give you the capacity to forgive those that trespass against you. I'll give you the capacity to live a life of love. He is calling us today to walk out in love. But then he says, not only walk out in love, but walk in light. And Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 14, he told his disciples, he told them, listen, you guys are the light of the world. And let me submit to you that being light is not a privilege. Being light is a responsibility. We all have the responsibility to light up 
Imagine if the sun chose not to, not to, to shine today. Imagine if the sun decided not to throw away and emanate the radiance of his sun. You know what would have happened to the world? Cataclysmic chaos. The earth would freeze to death. Vegetation, I mean chaos. The sun doesn't shine because he feels privileged. The sun shines because it has a responsibility. You have a responsibility to shine. And when the world sees you, and when the world sees me, they see Christ. So I have to walk in love. I have to walk in light. And lastly, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, I have to walk in wisdom. Pastor, I don't have wisdom. That's okay. Look what the writer of the book of James tells you in chapter 1 verse 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So if you need wisdom, ask God. If you need light, he will give you. If you need love, walk with him. So what is Enoch's greatness? He walked with God. 300 years of his life, he walked with God. He was a great husband. He was a great father. His greatness was the simple things of life. Before you become a man of God, let's start off by being a man. Before you become a woman of God, start off by being a woman. Before you ask God to make you a mighty man of God, be a good father. Be a good mother. Be a good wife. Be a good husband. Because the big, deep things of God are the simple things of God. And so I want to challenge you today. We learned from Adam, he walked with God. Today we learned from Enoch that every single day of his life, even in the simple spheres of his life, because God was a part of it, God said, I, I want to take you with me. And the Bible says that Enoch did not see death. God took Enoch because he was faithful in the little. Put your life in God's hands. So if you're here and you're watching, my friend, Perhaps you thought that to be a Christian, you had to do all these things and leave all these things. No, no, no. All you have to do is invite God in your heart. All you need to do is say, God, I'm tired of walking by myself. I don't know where I'm going, but you told me in the book of Psalms that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Would you make me righteous? Would you order my steps? Would you guide my every single step? Friend, I promise you, if you invite Jesus in the equation of your life, your life will be better off. So here's what you need to do. If you want to accept Jesus, all you need to do is repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I've been walking away from you. I've been walking and living my life my way. But today, like Enoch, I want to give you the rest of my life. I surrender my life and I place it in your hands. I ask you to forgive me from all of my sins. I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And if you want, Lord, would you please make me clean? Wash me. Write my name in the book of life. Seal me with your Holy Spirit. And with your help, I promise to serve you for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. If you made that prayer, friend, I believe based on the Bible that you accepted Jesus. But now you have to walk with him. 
This is not the end. This is the beginning. So what do I do now, Pastor? Look at the number on the screen. That number on the screen, I need you to shoot me a text. And I need you to text me your name, text me your email, so that now we can reach out to you, grab you by the hand, metaphorically speaking, and take you in this wonderful journey, which is the journey of the Lord. But to you, church, new birth, I tell you, walk with God. Make God your partner in the simple things of life. Include him in your journey. Include him in your journey. Sorry about the noise. Include him in your journey. In the simple things of life. In the minuscule things of life. In the little things of life. Include him in your journey. Include him. Oh my God. You'd be surprised how far you would go in God. If you just include him in the little things of life. This is the charge, church. This is the charge. I want to speak in tell No, walk. I want to prophesy. Walk. I want to cast out devil. No, 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 no. Walk. Walk. Walk with God. And I promise that if you walk with God, oh, God is going to walk with you. And together, you will go places you cannot even imagine. So church, let us walk. Let us pursue. Like Enoch. Walk with God. In Jesus' name we pray.